Hello, everybody. It has been a while. I've uh, I've been in a bit of a swirl um, as the year began. It's hard to believe it's the middle of February. Wow. Last year, I was so motivated at the beginning of the year to kind of jump into life and felt a sense of renewal and coming out of just a darker space, I guess, just kind of under and survival mode. Um, and I have felt that coming out of that a couple of times and like has happened a couple of times. Um, things kind of took a turn. And, uh, and so this year, actually things have settled down starting, um, kind of fresh and new again. Um, after what was a pretty rough, pretty rough year last year. But I'm having a hard time getting motivated this year because I, I have that sense of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I don't know um, if I received more than the average number of shoes <laughs> for life. I know that I haven't received as many as other people have, but I um, it doesn't matter how many um, how many have dropped. I, I continually sitting with this uh, hesitation in life, waiting, waiting for the next one. And uh, it's hard, it's hard to, um, to kind of come out of that and, and relax and release myself into, into kind of just letting things unfold as they will and, and having a sense of renewal and excitement. Um, so it's really, a, a, it's been a very strange uh, transition from last year to this year. And also, just the transition that I'm having in the process that I'm going through, um, moving towards my next birthday, which is I'll be 50. And that number just sounds so odd to my ears. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting. I was looking over some notes and I actually had a podcast episode set up for December. And for whatever reason, it, it didn't happen. And as I was kind of revisiting it, revisiting it, I can't talk. Um, I thought I'm just, I'm gonna go ahead and just share it, and, and then at the end I'm gonna finish up with something that I wrote in my ongoing processing, uh, transitioning to this this milestone birthday, <laughs> the ripe the ripe age of fifty. Um, yeah, it just sounds odd. It's such a it's it, it's a shift in perspective. Um, so anyway, I'll share something that I wrote uh, just yesterday around that. But but here's first what I what I kind of uh, wrote back in December to share with you all, and I'm going to deliver it just exactly how I wrote it. Um, typically, I I have the whole thing written out, and then I, in the midst of it, I kind of go off on little tangents, and then I have something to come back to. Uh, but because I'm not in the space of when I wrote it, uh, I'm just going to read it the way I wrote it. So hopefully it'll sound like I'm actually talking to you um, and not like I'm reading something, but who knows? I do think that it's, there's something valuable in it. So here we go. Enjoy. So I'm, I'm feeling a bit disconnected. Um, part of me thinks that I should go back and revisit the past few episodes to be able to connect my thoughts, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And in the spirit of being naked and unashamed, I'm simply going to own the fact that I am a bit disconnected and scatterbrained. 
in the vein of being someone who enjoys creating scenes and stories, um, more than the drama, I love the structure of the telling. I'm hoping that much of the angst and swirl I'm processing these days will land me on my 50th birthday, clear-minded and and ready to take on the world in a new, productive, energetic, and satisfying way. Um, since since we've been engaged in, in the discussion of grief, I thought I would offer a little snapshot of how grief intersects my thinking and responding to life in a practical way. A friend of mine, after listening to the last couple of episodes, reached out and asked, about the practicalities of grief, mainly how do we let go of the loss? We've, there's a loss we're experiencing it or experiencing. How do we, how do we release that? And what I would say is we don't let go of a loss. We we don't let go. We don't let go of a dream. Um, the loss, the lack the whatever is left, it's, it's all we have. That is what we have. What we release is the impulse to control the outcome, which can leave us feeling empty or powerless or sad or angry or lost. The process of grieving is sitting in those emotions and working out the shit that gets stirred up in us, in it. And how it affects our perception of ourselves and others. It's really facing, facing the wanting of things to be different. Facing how it affects our sense of identity and our sense of belonging. And really just how we see ourselves and others and, and, and the rest of the world. Um, we're changed. When we experience a loss, we are changed. And grief is, in a lot of ways... Um, the process of change, it's of becoming who, who we already are. Um, the, the losses kind of uncover those things that we held on to and covered ourselves with. Um, cause we don't have anything left. It's like, we, it's like we're powerless or helpless in a sense. That's, that's a bit of what grief does to us, right? So grief, it's, it's, it's allowing what is to be what we see, to accept the reality of what is and, and not just the wanting, right? So it's to allow the what is to impact how we view and engage with life rather than what we want to act as the filter for moving through life and impacting how we perceive self and others. Most of the time, we're walking through life with the notions of what we think should be or what we hope for and what grief does is it takes that that away and leaves us looking at what is. And so it's not letting go of the loss. It's it's sitting in the loss. The loss, the lack of something is is what we have. We can't let that go. What we're releasing is the impulse to change it and to make it not a loss and <laughs> to change what is so that it can match more of what we wanted or what we hoped for. Um, for me, life has kind of slowed down um, the last couple of weeks uh, and given me some time to catch up and also to reflect on, on how best to move forward. Um, it's been another 
whirlwind year. Um, wasn't expecting it. Was kind of hoping it would. Um, yeah, every year I think uh, when when the dust settles, I feel like okay, let's clean up some of the mess that's been created with the whirlwind of whatever storm just passed through. Um, and before I can really get into the cleanup process, uh, it seems new storms come my way. Um, the nice thing was that even in the midst of all the storms of last year, I, I didn't work a whole lot, which kind of creates its own storms in a sense, because financially that's not the best. Um, but it did give me time and space to be present in some of the medical um, crises. And in the fall, work did pick up, um, <laughs> which picked up a lot. And uh, and so then trying to manage routine and rhythm in the midst of that, um, it, it just kind of, it doesn't let anything settle. So it's, it's kind of... Uh, yeah, there's just a challenge to all of those pieces, right? So I'm I'm kind of working now on setting myself up financially for next year. Like how do I how do I come out of this year, pay off the medical bills, get set up and uh and maybe there won't be um quite so much cleanup. But then how do I set myself up for a good rhythm and routine? Um really creating a solid ground. Um, and part of that includes this continual search, both internally and externally, for what what I want to do with my life, in a sense. I mean, I there's this moving towards 50 and feeling like I have some more space, provided new storms don't run through, which there will be some, Um so it's not like I'm thinking there won't be any issues now from here on out. It's it's not that. Um, but is there a way to establish a a foundation? I feel like the 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 um the ground has been shaking underneath me for so long. I really haven't set up a solid foundational ground. Now there's been a lot of things that have come along and provided for me the job that I have that granted isn't an ongoing every day I can depend on income month to month um it's kind of feast or famine um but it's been it's been incredible and and it's been now I've been doing this for it'll be eight years this year so um but how do I how do I establish that more regularly or fill it in with other things that really match who I am and what I want to do with the world, as opposed to um, getting a job just to pay the bills. Uh, I I want to be moving within myself in a way that kind of serves me and the people around me as, as best as best I can. And so a lot of these questions go through my mind. Um, how do I you know, how do I be in the world integrating financial responsibilities with my own creative endeavors? Basically, how do I put my work into the world in, in ways that might actually provide income? Um, whether it's to supplement other things that I do that I don't do on a regular basis, but I do often enough to kind of make ends meet, right? Um, so so my mind, I, this is basically how to, one thing I've always been questioning, how do I package my work that always seems to be what eludes me. I've, you know, I look to other people for, for inspiration. Um, you know, the people I'm drawn to though, the ones who kind of stir up the sense 
in me of, oh, I could do something like they're doing. I, I, I feel like they're, not only do I feel like they're a bit out of my league, um, but I also feel like what they do doesn't exactly hit the mark of who I am. Um, I'm not sure why that is. I'm sure there's lots of things I can process out with that. But um, but the, the hard part is what has always been true of me is that I have a certain, my processing has led to the way I engage with the world, the way I, my mindsets towards how I see the world, all of that. And it, it really has created certain deep threads that run through all of the aspects of my life and my thinking and my engaging um, with myself and with others and with how I see what binds us all together and, and, and all of that. So at the same time, there, there is no way to package the thread, if you will, <laughs> or if there is, I haven't found it yet. Um, it's more like I have this, this essence that comes out in a hundred different ways. It, it, it's not like I bake, right? Um, and I can hone in on my spices and oven temperature and the chemistry of wet and dry ingredients and, and all of these things in order to make the perfect cupcake that represents the magic that I can offer the world. It's more like the essence of who I am might be represented in a meal or a conversation or a short story or a podcast episode or or an interactive presentation from a stage in in the midst of 50 people or 500 there's not one thing there's not one um space that i and there's not one thing i'm an, an a quote expert on so it's really trying to figure out how how do i how do you how do you grab onto water, right? How do you how do you tack jello to the wall? <laughs> That's kind of how it feels for me. Um, I was chatting with another friend of mine a while back and, and kind of rambling on as I do, lamenting all of these seemingly disconnected thoughts and how I'm trying to process, blah, blah, blah. And she told me about a tool that she uses when hiring people for the team that she leads. It's, it's called Thinking Wavelengths basically breaking down how we think along a spectrum. Uh, so generally speaking, from concrete thinkers to abstract thinkers. And just given what I've basically blathered on about, you can probably guess I'm very much on solidly inside the abstract thinkers. But the hard part for me is I can't sit around and just think abstractly. I've always been, how does that apply to life? Um I wish I could just sit with a smoking jacket and a pipe and a little, you know, two fingers of whiskey next to me and just pondering and musing all the big things of life. But for me, it's always about how does this impact and affect the rest of life. Um, but my thinking is very, very far deep into the abstract Um side of the spectrum. And so the spectrum is kind of an indication of where we might find the most satisfaction in the work that we do in the world. And so for my friend, it helps her determine, is this person what we're looking for that's going to kind of round out the team and bring some of the necessary pieces um, into play? 
Um, and we can all learn skills along the spectrum, right? I've learned lots of skills along the spectrum, but there will be a space that we most naturally fit in where who we are is more apt to kind of spring to life and, and not only bring satisfaction to us, but also bring that energy into whatever it is that we're, we're doing. So whether that's on a team or in my process, how do I um, focus in, hone in on that and, and, and kind of capture that uh, to kind of infuse some of that life into my own life. I feel like for many, many years, I've been taking care of what needs to be taken care of. And while that part of me never gets fully shut off, certainly I haven't been able to operate in that space um, fully. And it takes time just to sit and ponder and mull. I do it. And <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I that the brain never really stops. Um, and in the midst of all of the storms that have been and the, the the shifting tectonic plates of my life, um, it all gets filtered in through this abstract way that I think in the the kind of big questions of life. And so, um, so this new. Uh, this wavelength, the thinking wavelengths kind of opened up a bit of enthusiasm in me, like, ooh, a, a kind of a new way to think of this. And and something that that's affirming. You know, I have never been a labels person. I do not like labels. Do not tell me what I am. It, I, I will, even if I am that, my whole being will rebel against that. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I don't care if it's the most natural thing for me to do. If you tell me I have to, no, no, it's not going to happen. If you tell me that, but that's who you are. No, it's not. Let me show you. <laughs> I have this rebel spirit um, that just runs through the core of my being. Um, but while I hate labels, I love tools that help us describe the nuances of how we operate as as unique human beings. And so there's something freeing in knowing that that we weren't meant to be all things to all people or or that we're we, that we should be able to do all things well. Most of my life though, because most of my life has been basically storm to storm, clean up to clean up, crisis to crisis, um it has been this 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 way of thinking that it is all up to me. And, and if I can't do a thing well, there must be something wrong or deficient in me. And, and it has not um, helped that I actually do a lot of things well, um, which has served me, but it doesn't serve this part of me that expects me to do all the things well, because there will be things I do not do well. Not only are there things I do not do well, there are things that as I get older, I just don't want to do. I, I, I realize that they just pull the plug on my energy and somebody else will enjoy doing it. Not only will they do it well and probably better than me, but even if not better than me, they have a certain life that springs forth in them in the doing of it. And why would I want to take that away from anyone? <laughs> I would love to give away some of those things that I don't that I don't love to do and that don't bring life to me. But up until now, it's been this sense of something must be wrong with me. Um, you know, tying this back to grief and um, you know, calling calling out the what is that the reality. The reality is, I am not a jack of all trades. 
even though that's been something I've said about myself. The reality is I may have learned how to manage myself in a hundred kinds of situations. I can do a lot of things and I can do a lot of things well, but doing all the things does not bring me to life. That kind of existence does not tap in to the fullness of who I am. And I am in a place in life where I'm much more interested in tapping in to the fullness of who I am than I am in getting all the things done. And I have to sit in that um, because that is so true. Um, And in the last few years, I've been a lot of, there's been a lot of things that aren't done. And I have a lot of guilt, especially mom guilt about things that I haven't done. Um, But in the major crises of life, I have had to learn how to manage my own energy. And in that, I have learned how to release the shoulds of getting certain things done And I had to ask myself questions. What is the cost of getting that done versus the the price I'll pay or others will pay for not having it done? And that's been, now that's kind of a habit in my brain in a sense. And um, yeah, and so now that we're out of crisis mode, hopefully, (laughs) I still don't feel like maybe that's true. Um, But I I think the, the major tectonic plate shifting, I, I think, is 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 past but there's this sense of now how do I take that that new way of thinking um into more productive space because now I have the habit of not doing anything (laughs) and so now how do I I have more energy and capacity to do things but how do I replace or fill that with things that actually speak to the fullness of who I am as opposed to cleaning up to just get things done, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I uh, here, Let me give you an example from kind of the grit and grime of life. I have about 90% responsibility for the care and keeping of my four kids. The emotional burden for all of this is not meant to fall 90% to one person, but the reality is that it, that it does. And I, and I feel the weight not as um, not only as a practical reality, but also as kind of a barometer of how I evaluate myself, which is not healthy. Because um, going back to, I might be able to get lots of things done, but I'm not, I can't get them all done well. And there's always going to be a 150,000 things that fall through the cracks. Um, you know, but what happens is if other families I see are busy with soccer or putting lights up at Christmas or having a working routine around chores, then I feel like I should be doing all of these things too. And it's ridiculous. Like the, the burden that I, I place on myself emotionally is just ridiculous. Um, I, re- I remember lamenting to a friend years ago uh, when my kids were, were younger um, about, I didn't, I didn't want to do crafts, right? If we think of those things that we judge ourselves around, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do crafts or I feel badly that I'm not doing more crafts with, with the kids. And her first question was, no, no, I th- it wasn't that I, I didn't say I don't want to. I said, I was feeling badly that I'm not doing crafts with the kids, right? Cause that's what you're supposed to do with young kids, crafts and baking and, all of these things. And her first question was just so matter of fact, like, well, do you want to do crafts? 
It's like, no, not if I have to. Like, maybe if I pass by a cool display at Michael's, I might say, ooh, let's do that little project, right? I was always the, let's go to Home Depot once a month where they have the kids' workshop and, like, you know, build a treehouse together. Like, that was always fun. Um, But, yeah, sitting around sitting around the house to do crafts just for the sake of doing crafts just because the mommy blogs said this is what oh my gosh like suck the life out of me um but I didn't realize I had an option to not like if I don't want to I don't have to do it I was just judging myself on what I should be doing because everybody else seems to be doing these things it was ridiculous that's just a little in inside look (laughs) the chaos of my mind and how I judge myself right um but (laughs) The, the reality is going back to all the things, right? Crafts is just one of those things I judge myself on. There's a hundred thousand other things that I feel like I'm not doing for my kids, with my kids, around my kids, for myself to model for my kids, right? But I'm only me. I'm not a mom and a dad and an aunt and a neighbor down the street and, 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 and all the different influences in my kids' lives. I'm not meant to fill in all the gaps. Maybe somebody else in their life loves to do crafts. Go have fun, right? Um, but having only one parent around the majority of the time means that there will be gaps. There will be losses. There will be those things to grieve. I can't fill in all those spaces and I feel them. But my main thing is not to ignore it and release it and to say it doesn't matter because it does matter the main thing is to accept that this this idea that I'm I'm not supposed to be the end-all be-all and and those gaps are what is I don't release that I sit in that and I let that reveal to me who I am I, I, I release the need to fill the gap. I release the need to, um, to not have the loss. The loss is what is. That is what grief is. And so kind of bringing this all around, bringing it back to me, um, I don't think I've left it being on me, right? But thinking about this idea of of the work, my work in the world, right? Um, there's a quote from the Thinking Wavelengths that my friend suggested I, I look at um, in their descriptions of, of where I land on the spectrum in this abstract thinker. And the, the quote is, um, these people, right, meaning me, their ideas rarely become commercialized, <laughs> and and there you have it. <laughs> Basically, it affirms the the tension I've been feeling, the the trying to package who I am and and what I have to offer the world into something that can be commercialized and and made financially, uh, I don't know, lucrative. Not lucrative, like oh, let me go make a million bucks, but but something that I can, you know, they say do what you love and you never work a day in your life. It's like, well, what I do for work, I actually love, but I also want to be able to have some time and space to be who I am and and release that into the world somehow. And there is not a way to package that. Um, 
So I've been trying to do something that, you know, from these people who are, you know, supposedly experts on this whole wavelength thinker spectrum thing, um, I'm trying to do something that is rare, that rarely is done. And, and that is both, is both sad and, and liberating, right? Just because other people take their ideas on tour or create businesses or write books doesn't mean that's how I operate. Maybe I end up doing one of those things. Maybe I end up doing none of those things. Um, none of them as a specific thing have ever been a goal of mine. They've been things I've dreamt about, like, ooh, wouldn't that be fun? I think I would do it well, <laughs> right? And I think I'd enjoy it. I think those things would bring energy to me. Um, but they haven't been an end result. I don't have an end result. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like crafts, except that crafts aren't fun for me, right? But maybe they happen, maybe they don't. But if they happen, they have to happen for the right reasons. They have to happen because it's just the natural outflow of who I am and what I'm doing in that moment. No one thing is ever going to be going to be my shtick. <laughs> I mean, that's just true of me. That's something that I I've known my whole life. Um and so there's a grief in that, a releasing trying to strive for it to be something other than that. Huh. So all that to say, this is a very rambly um, thing. I actually have stopped and started and, and, and added some, some editorializing in the midst of this, um, but I do feel like it rambles a little bit um, from where I want. Well, it's not where I want to go. I don't know where I want to go. That's, that's a problem, right? Where do I want to go? Um, but I guess the main thing, so when we're grieving, when we're, we, we cannot release the loss, what we do, we do is we do what, we, what we're doing, Right, so for me, I have to keep doing what what I've been doing, and asking myself the questions of: Am I doing something to overcome a loss, or in the midst of the loss, am I doing what I'm doing? Right, my the things that come naturally for me that bring me life. Um, writing little vignettes when bubbles of of feeling and thoughts start to emanate from bones in need of articulating what has to be freed from them. You know, it's interesting. There's a, a verse, I think it's in Jeremiah in the Bible that talks about, um, if I don't say these things, the rocks will cry out. And that's how I feel about my bones. If I don't express what I am experience my, my bones will like burst I will there's something that will the, the my bones are crying out from inside of me to release what has been trapped in them um, and that's what I do I do it through uh, writing little bursts of something um, I do it through making podcast episodes I do it through you know sitting down with a big idea and and, and bringing it into very specific, practical, day-to-day, nitty-gritty stuffs of life. It, it's just, just what I do. But that's, yeah, it's, it, but it's in that, it's in that loss, that, that, that lack, that grief of it's not commercialized, <laughs> right? It's, it's not a package deal. Um, it, it just, it just is, Right. 
I'm sitting here talking to myself while pretending to talk to you. <laughs> it's, it's what I do, right? Dreaming of new ways to build a structure in my life and, and have reasonable discipline around putting my thoughts and ideas out into the world, right? Right now, I currently have no less than three what I think are brilliant ideas um, that may or may never come to fruition around how to um, express some of the the ways that I kind of move in the world, ways that my mindsets and my my ways of thinking that have been developed over the course of my life. Um, you know, the, the thread though is that all of these ideas, all of these words, all of these ways that I package the words, all these conversations, all of it revolves around this idea of communicating how we function best as humans, naked and unashamed, exposed and accepted, becoming who we already are, releasing the need to be anything more or anything less, allowing ourselves to be deficient, but not wrong. Yeah, and that's something that I am still sitting in, deficient, but not wrong. There's a loss, there's a lack, there's a grief in that, there's an accepting of what is. The, the loss, the deficiency is what we have. We can't let that go. That is what is. That is reality. But it's accepting that and then being who we are, allowing that to reveal who we already are. And moving with a new sense of acceptance and grace in the midst of that. And in that vein, everything I've just talked about, right? Kind of to wrap things up, I'll share. um, It didn't start as a poem, quite frankly, but I think it kind of worked itself into a little bit of a poem. Um, But I've been processing this transition into becoming 50, turning the, the... and it feels like a big milestone for some reason, a big turning point. And I don't think it's just because of 50. I think that the number sounds very strange to my ears. But it's also my kids are getting older. Um, my youngest will be 11 this year. Um, my oldest will be 18. I mean, that all sounds just as strange to my ears as as me being 50 does. Um, but those ages release some of, like now they're taking responsibility for their own selves and lives, right? It's it's no longer telling my youngest to eat. It's saying, hey, take care of your body. You gotta know when you're hungry. You gotta there's there's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich you can make right there. And 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 releasing myself from being the one who um feels the absolute need to do all the things for them to the no, they're they're doing those things they're owning their space. They're owning their bodies, their minds, their the trajectory of their lives. And um that's a, that's a new season as well. So for whatever reason, this transition into um, being 50, it's just hitting a lot of, <laughs> a lot of little, uh, what is that, the pins in the lock are kind of falling into place. So this is what I wrote yesterday in kind of reflecting um, this transition. So it's called, the title of it is, What is at 50? And what is is kind of, I haven't kind of like, kind of quotes or little asterisks or, or, or around what is, because what is for me relates to reality, 
right? It relates to, it, it's kind of my way of representing um, what is, um, not what I want, not what should be, but that's what 50 is for me right now or, or, or transitioning into it is just sitting with what is. So what is at 50? It begins with a glimpse of an image that no longer reflects the expected familiarity of 27 or 34 or 42. It continues as billboards once marketing the destinations of someday dissolve through rearview mirrors. It deepens around the assembly of facial lines and lost hopes and far-off dreams. If love is whatever communicates, acknowledges, and accepts what is, then perhaps taking stock of life as I transition to 50 is the most loving way to celebrate. But love often feels less a celebration than an inquisition. So many questions. Where did the time go? What did I do with it? What do I have to show for it? What's left? What now? Or a funeral, the death, the death of of who I thought I was, who I thought I'd be, what I thought I'd do, what I thought I'd have, ghosts of relationships and dreams and identities. At 20 or 30 or 40, I'd have faced what is with a plan to rise up from the ashes, to build with renewed energy, to take the pieces of what remains and use them to, 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 at 50, I don't know. At 50, to do seems silly, futile, unappealing. It feels more fitting to sit amongst the ashes, to let them communicate to give myself time and space to acknowledge, to release and breathe into acceptance of what is. Because what is, is never what was or what might have been or what could be. What is, is now in all its fullness with familiar expectations and fading some days and deepening lines with faded hopes and fractured relationships and far off dreams. What is, as always, is full of potential and void of guarantees. I don't think I've ever read something like that out loud. <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> Hope you enjoy that. Um, but yeah, that gives you a taste of, of this transition and how I'm processing it. So I think we all go through so many transitions in life and so many processes and articulations and taking stock of what is. And, and that could be what is that's in your refrigerator, right? I mean, I don't, that sounds ridiculous, but it, but that, I do mean that. I mean, we have these great ideas of what we want to make for dinner or these great ideas of how we'll 
put ourselves together to go meet friends what it we have all there's so many lacks and losses and gaps and taking stock of what is and allowing the process of grieving those losses of sitting in the midst of them and acknowledging what is accepting of releasing the necessity, the the energy to strive to change the outcome, to make it what you think should be or what we want it to be or what it could have been. We do that all day, every day in a million different ways. Some big transitions in life, like what I'm talking about, some, some in, in, in just the most mundane ways. So... I will leave you with that, my friends, and hopefully it won't be another two months (laughs) before you hear my voice again, but it might be, although I guess my 50th birthday is in a month and 11 days, so my guess is you'll be hearing from me somewhere around then, (laughs) because I'm sure you'll want to hear if there's been a turning point in in this process. Right now I feel like I'm kind of looking backward. I'm I'm starting to look forward a little bit too. I feel that as I was talking through this today that it's not just the sitting in it and the looking backward, but it's also sitting in it and seeing the opportunities that are there even in the midst of the loss and the gap. What is present. And I think that's all we have when we live in this naked and unashamed space where we let down our guards, we come out of hiding. Um, And sometimes the hiding is the hiding behind what we want to be, what we hoped would have been, what we want to strive for the could be. When we just release all of that and just accept that we're okay right now in the midst of what is. That is living naked and unashamed exposed and accepted and it's in that space where I think we release the ability to become and to experience ourselves as we already are in new ways so until next time my friends be you bye-bye